It's time, Fat Mac. It's time. It's We time. went all in. We doubled down. And now it's time we go all out. Do, 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 do. Yeah, All Out is, um, actually, by the time you're listening to this, All Out will either be tonight or it's already came and gone, so... Or it'll probably be over. Isn't that what came and gone means? <laughs> I don't know. Or you mean it was over, like everybody dug it and it, they got a huge applause. Yes. <laughs> yes. It will be. That's it. And everybody's going to be talking about how CM Punk became the first AEW champion. Oh, no, Not. he'll just be next in line. Second in line. Second. It'll be him and Jericho for the championship CM at the Punk next wants to be in the secondary market. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> secondary market. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Here comes the man in black. Talk about the who. We got some news We're about talk Rick about wrestling. We got Ric Flair coming up. Some news on Ric Flair. We got... News on Seth Rollins. We've got news on Ken Shamrock. Seth Rollins nudes? LAX. Man, that's like 2016. <laughs> PCO. Antonio Inoki. The Briscoes. There's tons of news. Kira Hogan has a whole segment. <sighs> Folks, this is a good episode. This is a good... Basie, we could just end it now. The episode's so great. I don't think we can add anything go. to it. I think it's just that perfect. Right. I think we're done. All right. Right, we'll folks, just post it in blog week. format. We will uh, talk to you next week uh, for Beef Sticks Podcast. I am Fat Mac. <laughs> and I'm Pasty White. And, no, I'm not. I'm Pasty. And we were just kidding. We're still going to give you a show. Come on, guys. Yes, yes. Come on, guys. And of course, how else could we start a show without our sponsors? And that leads me to Quality's T-Shirt Company. That dude Saint taking care of his boys, and we take care of him because he provides us with custom tees, sublim both sublimation and heat transfer vinyl and decals, providing shirts for special gifts, sports teams, weddings, concerts, or any occasion. Everybody needs a shirt. It's kind of socially recommended that you wear a shirt on any given occasion. I don't know, Fat Mac. We'll tell you different. <laughs> I don't like to wear a shirt. I just let it go. <laughs> I say free the lower suit too, and I let my girls hang. I got real close at the get down, but the sun did some weird things to me real fast, and I didn't want to expose more of my skin to it. The sun hit you harder than any drug or alcohol I've ever seen you on. That's I, I think this this year the sun just messed you up more than I've ever seen you messed up. It was it was um, it was sad. I felt bad for you, buddy. I felt bad for me. I could tell. I felt bad for you guys having to feel bad for me. Yeah. That's all right. I pissed you <laughs> off later, so then you didn't have to feel bad. Because I love you. Great. Hey, shit happens. And we got a lot of shit happening this week in wrestling history. Yes, because, folks, this week in pro wrestling history, this is a doozy. This was a big one. This literally created a company and put... Paul Heyman on the map. Because, folks, on August 27th, way back in 1994, on that day in Eastern Championship Wrestling, then known as ECW, Shane Douglas threw down the belt sanctioned by the National Wrestling Alliance. Probably the most prestigious belt in the history of pro wrestling to this day. 
and everyone lost their minds, pasty, as he introduced the ECW Heavyweight Championship in a complete shoot. Nobody in the NWA knew this was coming. Nobody in the back knew it was coming. Paul Heyman knew, Shane Douglas knew, and maybe one or two other folks knew, and that was it. And that's how you make an impact. Oh, fuck, yeah. So after throwing down the coveted NWA belt and christening the new ECW heavyweight championship, Shane then cut a sick promo saying... upon the world at that time. Oh, I don't think anybody, including Paul Heyman, could have even guessed because folks soon after ECW, Eastern Championship Wrestling, became Extreme Championship Wrestling and embarked on a bold new direction that not only changed pro wrestling forever, was such a crate, left such a crater in the pro wrestling annals 
that I dare say, I think everybody listening to this, even folks who were born after ECW died, knows about ECW and at least somewhat knows their history. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely safe to say the creator that ECW left has a, a large amount of radiation pouring out of it these days as remnants, because without ECW, I don't think we'd be where we are today with WWE, NXT, and AEW. I think you could say, and this is this is easily debatable because nobody knows what changing history will do, but I would say that without ECW, we never would have got the WWE Attitude Era, because a lot of what they did, they straight up, even though they'll tell you they didn't, they straight up jacked mm. from ECW. Oh, yeah. And a Heyman lot of was basically selling it to him. Heyman was. He was on their payroll. People forget he was on their payroll back in like 96, 97, 98, long before they had a pay-per-view together, long before the invasion, long before they were bought from them. Paul Heyman was literally working with them. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's a, that's a huge one. This is ECW was NXT. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was one of the uh the breeding grounds of talent. And folks, this is one of the bigger this week in pro wrestling history, so um I'm glad we got to hit it up. Um I hope you enjoyed the promo from the franchise himself. And uh before we go any further, I just want to let folks know that the Fat Mac is somewhat back. Um I've I've changed my lifestyle a little bit since almost dying, but for the first time in 2, 3, 4 weeks, 5 weeks, on this show, I'm actually having... I got a six-pack of beer. I'm only having six because I can't handle that much beer right now after coming back from the grave. But I got a beer I've never had before, Pasty. What's that? It is Estrella Jalisco. It is a... Ooh, it sounds good. Traditional Cerveza Clara Dorada, so clear gold, imported from Mexico... And um, it's good. I'd say it's, I would say that it's better than Corona and not as good as Dos Equis. I wanted to get Dos Equis, but I could not find any bottles. And I wanted bottles. So I picked this up because I'd never had it before. And it's good. It's it's very light. Um, it is a very light beer. I'll give it that. Um, but it's okay. It's good. It's not great. Not great. But it's okay. It's good, and it wasn't expensive. It was it was ten bucks for a six. That's pack. what I would always say about Corona. Like Corona was it was good. It's it's a great on the occasion beer, but yeah, ain't much to it. You know, I probably could have picked up some limes and tried this with some limes too and some salt, but yeah. I didn't. Lime and salt, always lime and salt. And this is I'll a, put fucking lime and salt in the Miller High Life. Sometimes I put lime and salt in my fucking open wounds. <laughs> And speaking of open wounds, um, we're going to open up some wounds in this week's Weekly Elite Dirt Sheet. Cue the music! That's right, Fat Mac. In an interview with Wrestling Epicenter, Tony Schiavone revealed that he will be acting as a producer for AEW going forward. He noted that his focus will mostly be on videos seen throughout the show and specifically pointed out that he had no intentions on being part of the broadcast team. Well, that answers some questions we had from last week, huh? Yeah, it in a way, it kind of sucks. I'd, I'd rather listen to Tony than JR, if I'm being brutally honest. Oh, yeah. Like we said, Tony, just Tony and Excalibur would be a great two-man booth. Yeah. 
But Tony went on to state, I, I do know that I'm a producer. I'm going to be working on a lot of videos you see in the shows. I'm going to be working behind the scenes when the live shows are going. The TNT shows, I've met with Tony Khan. I've met with, obviously, Cody. We do some production here in Atlanta. Cody and I live pretty close to each other, so when I talked to Tony Khan, the idea was that I would do control centers and on-camera stuff. But I would not be on the broadcast team because the broadcast team was in place. In addition to his work with AEW and MLW, as we mentioned last week, the Wednesday night time slot will allow Shivani to still call play-by-play for the Atlanta Braves AAA team, the Gwinnett Stripers. Almost thought that said strippers. <laughs> I did too when I first seen it. <laughs> it was just it one piece short. <laughs> it's him and Jerry Lawler right. on that announced team. <laughs> and continue his role as producer for the University of Georgia Football and Baseball Network. This slap dick is going to be one busy beaver. Uh, fuck yeah. Mm. So this is cool. Um, Tony is a great producer. Um, I don't know how many folks know that he was one of the main producers of WCW from the late 80s all the way to the end. So not only was he the voice of our childhood, but he was doing a ton of behind-the-scenes stuff. So he's a great producer, but like you said, Pacey, I would love to hear him on the announce booth. And uh, I... In interviews, he has said that he he believes he'll be on the commentary booth sporadically, maybe for special events, maybe for this, maybe for a certain match or something. But, um, you know, he said he was done with wrestling. He got into wrestling. He said he was done with this, that, and the other. And he keeps he keeps getting back into it. He said he was done with his podcast after his daughter's wedding, and he's still doing that. So. We'll see him in the. We'll see him on the booth. Come on, <laughs> he's gonna be there. You can't refuse the love. No, there's got to be some point. No. And uh, some some kind of controversial news that is is neither confirmed or debunked. You mean it's according to Meltzer? Well, it's according to a few people, and, and I guess you know. Bottom line is. Facts are facts, and from what we know so far, from what we've seen, Meltzer's this... Well, let me just read the report, and then we can go on to discuss it. According to Meltzer, there are no plans to use Pac and AEW after All Out. Pac and Dragon Gate are doing this as a favor due to John Moxley's untimely injury. Pac is a Dragon Gate contracted wrestler and is no longer considered a member of the AEW roster. Doesn't mean he's not a member. He will make this appearance and return to Dragon Gate afterwards. That is a given. We do know that, although Dragon Gate is open for him making future appearances. It should be noted, Pac is still on the roster page of AEW.com, but as of up to just about a few weeks ago, there were other non-contracted talents, including Conrad Thompson, and he has never (laughs) even been on any AEW shows, and there are no plans for him in the future. I'm honestly surprised Cody hasn't put CM Punk on there. Um, But I will say, Fat Mac did a little sleuthing, and as of yesterday... Conrad is no longer on there, and I did not see anybody that, as far as my knowledge was, wasn't actually contracted. For a while there, they had people they were working with. You know, they had some of the, um, 
Oriental wrestling entertainment guys, the OWE, and they've had some other people on some female talents that weren't contracted. But when I looked yesterday, mm-hmm. I think everybody they have on there right now it is actually contracted. And well, Pac I mean, is on contracted there. for that span of shows. Well, you know what I mean. They so for them to be on the page at that point, I think the only one who's shouldn't have been there was Conrad. I guess to me, contracted means that you have a, a start and finish. A lengthy start and finish date, like a like an annual contract, I guess mm-hmm. I should say, not just like you're gonna appear Short here. Term. Yeah, but but nonetheless, yeah. nonetheless, um, they I mean it's a website. They can put whoever they want in there. Ronald McDonald can be on there. Did you see right. that Ronald McDonald well, I mean, you'd have match? To look at Chris Jericho's contract with New Japan. I mean, he signed for three matches. You know, yeah. but that was still a huge thing, and you'd call that a full contract. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't even no, know if it was I mean- on their website, but yes. The bottom line is nobody knows other than a handful of folks, Pac, Pac and Tony, for sure. Tony Khan, yeah. I should say. Um, and who knows? He could be contracted, but still his priority could be Dragon Gate, and that's okay. Pac started in Dragon Gate. Pac helped grow Dragon Gate USA, which sadly is no longer around, but he was a huge part mm. of that. And, and I can see Pac being loyal to it, and I know that Pac and um, whoever was in charge of it, they kind of got on each other because they didn't agree with creative. So maybe there's still some hard feelings. We don't know. Uh, for all we know, you Pac will know. be on AEW TV every week. speculation is he's outgrown Dragon Gate before. It'll happen again. Right. So I I don't want to I don't want to not see him in AEW. Um, I love Dragon Gate, but go I'm going to watch more AEW live. than Dragon Gate. Rumor was flying around. I'm sure this is in the news. But rumor was flying around this week. WWE was trying to get Enzo and Cass back oh, for yeah, NXT. We're definitely going to get into that yet. So, <laughs> but basically, we do know Pac is in for all. For Pac is in for all out. Um, as you know, because it's probably happened since we were there. He was out for since all in, and now he's in for all out. Exactly. How it's fitting. wild, isn't it? It's ironic. <laughs> so we're glad to have. We're glad that we're going to get to watch him. I hope he's in AEW because I'm going to watch that more than Dragon Gate. I just am, and yeah. I love Pac. He's been one of my favorites for well over a decade. So this is just this is more hearsay than anything, but it's kind of a big deal. So that's why we put it in here. But unlike some news stations and podcasts, we're going to tell you right up front. It's hearsay. There's no news yes. on that. But there is some news pasty on Moxley. Yeah. In addition to Moxley pulling out of uh, AEW's grand show this week, he is also off a star cast due to the same injury. You can't talk with an elbow infection. You cannot. Well, Weird. you know. He was going to do it in all sign language, and now... He was oh. going to armpit fart the whole thing, right? Oh, I think he was going to... I would have paid to see that. <laughs> According to Comrade Thompson, who should be used to losing big names for his big events by now. And, he, yeah, he, I mean, yeah, he's, he's lost, not very lucky with that. He's lost big names for every single event. First, he lost Ric Flair. <laughs> then he lost uh, Undertaker and... Um, oh, who's the other WWE guy that pulled out? Anyways, Undertaker was the big, big name uh, for the second star cast and Ric Flair for the second. <laughs> he lost his father-in-law for both the star And, and then he signed Ric Flair for this one, too, I think. Uh, I saw something where he was promoing for Starcast 3, and he, he, he listed off the people he got. And he got to He said Ric Flair, and he just looked so unsure. Know, right? he's, like, he's like, why am I saying this? Ric Flair. <laughs> 
So, I mean, that does suck, but there's, I mean, there's so much great stuff in, in, um, StarCast. And to be honest, I think the majority of folks, the main event of StarCast is the CM Punk live mic. So, right. We're still going to get that. I mean, StarCast is just a gravy on top of the weekend. Like, any, any events going on are, are, are going to draw attention. Right. I don't know. It definitely is. AEW has a lot to do. They got this this whole weekend is pretty big. And uh, there's been some big news about a Rhodes boy, Pasty, because AEW announced Dustin Rhodes has signed a multi-year contract extension. Oh, Dustin, yeah. Yeah, he's going to continue to wrestle. But he's also joined the AEW coaching staff as a match producer and promo coach. Uh, and that's an EVP. Great. Exactly. Probably. He's going he's gonna to get a producer credit. Uh, President and CEO Tony, Tony, Tony Katan from the White Snake video got on top of a beautiful car and said, Dustin Rhodes, with wind blowing in her hair, has had an incredible wrestling career that has spanned decades. His amazing journey brought him to AEW, and he's rejuvenated his career here. In addition to all the wisdom he has shared with us as we've launched AEW, he's come here and worked so hard for us. His comeback match against his brother Cody at Double or Nothing was one of the most acclaimed bouts in recent years, and it marked a new chapter for all of us. Dustin and I had agreed weeks ago after Fight for the Fallen that we both wanted him to stay with AEW. He's already done so much for us, and I'm thrilled that it's official now that Dustin will be on our team going forward, both backstage and in the ring. Hell yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the Cody-Dustin match is the best thing AEW's done so far. I'd probably agree with that. Even if it wasn't the best match in my opinion, I think the no. whole storyline and package and everything for as sure. a thing, yeah, <laughs> for yeah. sure. I, I it, it'd be hard to argue that. <laughs> There's very little that you could put up against that. Well, that's that's super exciting. Maybe he'll have a nice feud with CM Punk. <laughs> Maybe he'll have a nice feud mm, yes. with Kenny Omega. <laughs> Yeah, well, Kenny Omega will be making an appearance for DDT Pro Wrestling in November. On the company's Twitter page, DDT Pro Wrestling announced that Omega will compete in a mixed tag team match at Ultimate Party 2019, where he'll join forces with fellow AEW alumni Riho to take on Antonio Honda and Miyu Yamashita. You know, I think it was just last week we were talking about how risky it is for them to be letting their talent go to all these uh, mm-hmm. different promotions. But if Kenny and Riho want to work together, it's not going to have it's going to have to not be an AEW because Tony said he didn't want to do the intergender matches. So. Really hoping that uh, the boys talk him down from that. Really, yeah, hoping. me too. But I mean, remember Kenny Omega made his name in DDT. That's where he got his start. That's where he made his name. So it's mm. kind of cool that he's coming back home, especially now that he's one of the biggest names in pro wrestling for him to go back to his roots and give them a big show and, and make a big splash is awesome. You got to give him credit. He doesn't have to do that. No, it's it's good to see him give him back because, I mean, we saw the Young Bucks do it quite a bit in the lead up to AEW, but oh, I yeah. don't think we saw Kenny get out all too often. 
No, I don't Young think Bucks so. Young Bucks and Cody were out pretty often, though. Yeah, the Bucks were doing a lot with their AAA. They they had tons of matches with uh, the Lucha Brothers back and forth, both down in Mexico and in the states, and hmm. and kind of going all over the place there. So yeah, yeah, and good for him. And Kenny's been on a losing streak lately, which I kind of look at as a positive thing because everybody who's talk oh, shit it. about AEW just to talk shit about AEW is going to assume that he's going to be going over. And yeah. so I love that they're like letting him lose. He 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 is a great asset to the company. He doesn't need to win. But I'm hoping maybe they lose here to pass that torch on to the next DDT team, you know what I mean? Well, and you know having him lose constantly kind of it, it gives it gives him a storyline starting right out. He was one of the best in the world, according to almost everybody, and here he is in AEW struggling to keep afloat. Like I, that's a good storyline right there. You're, mm. you're building oh, your yeah. own storyline. It, it, it'll definitely curve into a heel turn somewhere in the future, and it'll be beautiful. Oh, it has to. It has to. And and yeah, I love it. I think that's. I think it's great. And you know, you just you can't have all of the executive producers win every single fucking match. You just can't do it. Sorry. I know they want to. No. It's got to be reserved for Kenny or for Cody. Yeah, because that, that's that's really going to cripple your promotion, and your promotion is going to be walking around with a limp. Really similar <laughs> to uh, Ray Phoenix, pasty. Because oh, Ray boy. Phoenix, oh, man. He went that down with the... so good before... <laughs> Ladder hell. I know, right? Uh, Ray Phoenix went down with a leg injury at Friday's big-time wrestling event, teaming with his brother, Pentagon Jr. They faced off against Juventud Guerrera and Teddy Hart. I would have loved to watch that match, because that's four super talented individuals. Yes. during the match, Phoenix super-kicked Teddy Hart, picked up Juvie, then collapsed on the mat, grabbing his leg. After being taken to the back, the match was quickly wrapped up. Phoenix was reportedly walking around, quote, weekly. Not like every week, but like he was sore afterwards. Uh, <laughs> he, he walks around once a week. <laughs> just, just to keep it going. In the glow of the full moon. <laughs> there was some concern about his status for the upcoming tag match at this weekend's All Out, which would be fucking devastating after already losing John Moxley. But Phoenix was back in action Saturday for the same sh- uh, same company, Big Time Wrestling, and he looked good uh, by all accounts. So he should be fine and ready to go for the match against the Young Bucks at All Out. Thank heavens, because they can't afford Man, to lose another big name. I am telling you, superstars better enjoy wrestling for other promotions while they can, because <laughs> that ain't going to last too long. Oh, I'd almost wonder if contracts didn't, that didn't end as soon as live TV started, because you're needed on a weekly basis. Yeah. Yeah, or or basically finish up whatever contracts you have, don't take any more new dates, and as soon as those are done, you're exclusive. Hmm. Unless we do a unless we do a cross promotion where it's literally all out and triple A or all out, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where they're a but part of it. But something where it's on the company dime, where they, yep, they know exactly. they're getting usage out of their superstars. Yeah. Whew. Whew. Time for some predictions, my friend. I predict it is. Yes, AEW all out predictions, folks. I'm excited for this one, Pasty. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very anticipating this one. Unfortunately, we'll be camping, and I think I'm just going to leave my phone at home. 
I don't want I don't want anything ruined for me for this. Right. You don't need it, any spoilers. <clears throat> so we're starting off with the buy-in, and the first match is the Women's Casino Battle Royale. Winner receives a one-on-one shot at inaugural women's title. And uh we've got a decent list of women. Some we haven't even seen before. In yeah, AEW. they've got 11 names announced as of this recording. And uh, there's going to be 21 women or more. We had 22 in last year's or in the last right. 21 man battle royals. So it's going to be 52. Who don't? <laughs> 52 pickup. <laughs> They're going to do a 52 at some point, especially if- since the, the Saudi Arabia Biggest Royal Rumble was 51. Oh, my God. So you got to do the full deck, right? right. Like, that's a oh, thing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, so we've got Ariel, Big Swole, Monroe, Allie, Awesome Kong, Brandy Rhodes, Dr. Britt Baker, Ivelisse, Jazz, Nyla Rose, Amazing Grace, Sadie Gibbs, Shaza McKenzie, I like that name, right. Teal Piper, Yuka Sakazaki, and 10 more to be announced. Who you got, buddy? So, obviously, like you said, first of all, there's quite a mix in there from from veterans to greenhorns to semi-wrestlers like Brandy Rose. And not only that, we also don't, we only have about half of the names. But you would assume with the fact that the winner is going to get a shot at the woman's title, the very first, the inaugural, the very first women's title match, one of these women's going to be involved in it. You have Mm. to assume that that shortens it, A, to, to women that are contracted, you would think. You would hope that's got to be smart, and be to women what they that contracted? are <laughs> contracted to the company. <laughs> oh, contracted! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, contracted to the company, um, and um, and you think that it's going to be an uh, A lister at most, a, a B plus lister? Yeah. With that being said, I um, I wanted to go with Teal Piper. Because I don't know if folks listening to this know who Teal Piper is, but Teal Piper is the daughter of Roddy Rowdy Piper. Yeah, yeah. So, WWE has misled you to think that that would be Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Right. But they're lying. So that would be awesome. But with her, as far as I know, not having any contract, and she's a, you, a fairly new greenhorn. Being a second generation greenhorn wrestler, you do not want to be handed this opportunity right no. away. That's that's the way I look at it. To me, it comes down to three women, which would be Awesome Kong, Brandy Rhodes, and Dr. Britt Baker. And those three, I almost think it comes down to two. And with those two, I'm just going to go the route of nepotism that they've been showing ever since they've started this promotion and say Brandy Rhodes is going to win it. I think she gets in the match for the first ever women's title. I'll go one step further and say if she loses this one, she could still reinsert herself and make it a three-way match for the women's title. Right. Um, You know, I don't know. It's pretty... Anybody's game. <laughs> I want to say Britt Baker, but I think Britt Baker's getting into the match by other means. Okay. Um, 
And I was going to go with Awesome Kong until I read through this list of names with you, and uh, I'm changing my pick to Shaza McKenzie. <laughs> you have no idea who that is. No, my new favorite women's wrestler, though. I think she's had like 15 matches. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Let's let's get that gold on her. Let's do it. Let's. You know what? You gotta build. You gotta build them somehow, right? You gotta yep. build new superstars one win at a time. If you want to, what's the fastest way to get a wrestler over? Strap the title to him. <laughs> oh, you're oh, changing yeah. it, and I changed it. So now oh, we have conflicting changes, it's... but it's the same thing. <laughs> Don't you love that? I love it. Uh, I love one note. Uh, moving on, we got the second of uh, what I'm assuming is going to be three matches of the buy-in, but we only know of two. I'm pretty sure they're going to slip one in there, just like or a roof. sneak something. Just yeah. like just like a roofie at a at a um, Bill Cosby party. It'll get slipped <laughs> in. We got the tag team match: Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans, two of the uh, two of the more popular non-main tag teams in the company. Uh, what do you think, Pasty? Both these tag teams are going to go a long way once this shit gets going. They both got um, huge upsides. Yeah, yeah, they do. But since they've come to AEW, I've been far more impressed by Angelico and Jack Evans. So that's you're going with? Yeah. And you know... I said it the the last show that they had, and I'm going to say it this one. The Young Bucks personally picked Private Party to join their group. They seen them in the indies. They watched them. They fell in love with them. I think they want to push them. So I see Private Party winning a lot of matches, especially when, as Tony Khan says, and I'm going to keep repeating until they prove us either right or wrong, wins and losses actually matter in AEW. Yeah, but if you're the Young Bucks and you want to bring them up and you want to bring them up strong, wouldn't you, as the Young Bucks, as wrestlers, want to shit on them as much as possible and push them down until finally they have a match against you and show you what's up? Uh, like no, for two reasons. One, because again, if wins and losses matter, if they lose all the time, they should never get a shot against the young bucks <laughs> who are major guys. That wouldn't make sense logistically and statistically. And two, if what I'm assuming, and we kind of just talked about a little while ago, that Kenny Omega is going to have that same storyline, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want Kenny Omega That's and Private Party That's having that same storyline. Story so, <laughs> so I mean, I, you're letting I the no. wrestlers come up with their own creative, basically. <laughs> That's everybody's storyline. I'm going to say no. I don't think that's the way to do it. I think you have to book them to win. Not all the time, but I'd say the majority of the time. So it's going to be a good match, though. I, I wish this one was actually on the main card, not on the the buy in. But I guess there's a chance that more eyes will see it because it's free on YouTube. Yeah. I don't think so. And free. I think it's going to be on USA or one of those networks, too, I believe. It's on USA. That would yeah. be the best. I don't know. Or not, uh, not USA. Uh, TNT is what I meant. That would be cool if it was on USA. <laughs> they just bought like a 15-minute commercial time slot on USA and just played it as a commercial. It would be awesome. Uh, but, um, I, yeah, I, I wish it was on the main card because there's a 50-50 chance I won't watch the buy-in. I'll watch it. I'm a busy man, and um, we state it all the time with WWE, and AEW isn't any different. If they don't give a shit enough for it to be on the actual event, then why should I, as a as a viewer, care? 
But we'll see. If I have extra time, I will. If I don't have extra time, I'm not going to make time for it. Well, I mean, the buy-in matches, like, the pre-show matches happen regardless of if you're seeing them on the networks or not. Because they're there to warm up the crowd that's in attendance. They're, yeah, and that would be a, a dark match, usually. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, but, you wouldn't air it on TV. It'd just be to, to hype up the people. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so what do we got? First match on the main card, winner receives a one-on-one shot at the inaugural women's title, and that's Riho versus Hikaru Shida. Yeah, so uh, allegedly, the way it sounds, the winner of this match is going to take on the winner of the Women's Casino Battle Royal at, um, I don't think it's the first taping or the first show, but like second or third. Maybe it's the first. Anyways. Oh, man, I like how you're booking this in your brain, though, because if Brandy Rhodes wins and then it's Riho who wins this one, Brandy's going to have that championship. <laughs> I know. But I'm going with Riho. They they've really seem to be the at least the commentators are doing a good job at, at selling her story. Every yeah. time that she's there, they really even if she's not winning, A, she's put on amazing matches, and B, the you can tell whether the commentators are being told to or not. They're really pushing her story and they see something in her. So that makes me as a fan see something in her, which is the way that's the way commentary is supposed to be done. Yeah. Yep. Although I believe we'd see it in her, even without the commentary. I think out of all the Joshi women's wrestlers, Riho definitely shows the most promise. Agreed. So we're both going Riho on this one, right? Yes. I think um, I think I'd be A-OK with her getting the women's <laughs> title shot and even getting the first women's title. That would be cool, too. After that, Pasty, we have a six-man tag. This is one of the... What if Kenny Omega sacrificed his push for hers? What if Kenny Omega won the <laughs> inaugural women's title? <laughs> then we're gonna he was the only champion have... ever because there's no intergender matches. <laughs> Retire it. Uh, we got one of the more recently added matches, six-man tag. SoCal Uncensored, of course, Daniels, Kaz, and Sky. Taking on Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Bitch Boy Marco Stunt. Yeah, Marco Stunt. I can't believe they gave him a contract. But then they also signed Orange Cassidy, so maybe that balances it out. <laughs> um, Marco Stunt is the Leo Rush of AEW. <laughs> Cheeseburger. I love, I love Leo He's the Rush, cheeseburger. But I just AEW. mean like the the little <laughs> annoying manager who's actually a wrestler, but it's like, well, we'll just let him do manager. It's good. It's just crazy how tiny both Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt are, and how tiny Marco Stunt is compared to Jungle Boy. Like it's, it's weird. It's amazing how and don't take this the wrong way, because I'm a short individual. It's amazing how not huge Luchasaurus is around your average pro wrestler. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, when you have him next to Jungle Boy Marco Stunt, he's gargantuan. <laughs> if you put him next to the Dark Order, or you put him next to, you know... You know, he's around a lot of smaller guys. One of the biggest... The two biggest guys in the promotion might be Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, who are... Mm. Not your average sized pro wrestler. Let's be honest; they're big guys. If you if you ran into, I mean, even Chris Jericho was small for his era. 
Yeah, yeah. If you ran into him on the street, you'd be like, oh, that's kind of a big dude. But if, but they're not huge. Yeah. Um, that's all. That's all. That's all. <laughs> kind of like how Macho Man used to, if you ever go back and watch his, his entrances, Macho Man always walked on his tiptoes. Always. Because he was shorter than your average wrestler and he wanted to appear bigger. He was, you know, he's bigger Larger than me. Than life. But it's like, yeah, he always, he had to. And I think that's part of Luchasaurus. It's like, yeah, if I hang around Marco Boy, or Marco Boy, <laughs> Marco Boy and Jungle Stunt, then I'm going to look huge. I like it, though. That's smart. That's smart. That's not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm saying it is smart. It's good marketing and it's, and it's knowing how to use um, it's like Paul Heyman would do. It's it's knowing how to hide your faults and accentuate your positives. Yeah. Well, the dynamic of this match is going to be so interesting because SCU is all pretty decently sized guys. Oh, I gotta go with two boys and their dinosaur though. Oh. Hey, you know what? I'd, I'd watch that show on TGIF. <laughs> um. This yeah. This is going to be a good match. I, I just feel. I think if FCU loses, which they could, but if FC, FCU... I think that's what they're there for, to be loses, honest. Then I think it's going to be like... It's gonna, It's not going to be like a clean loss. It's going to be... I'm not saying it's going to be dirty, but it's going to be like something gets screwed up, somebody messes something up, and then Jungle Boy makes a quick schoolboy or something like that. I, I don't oh, see Marco it being a decisive... Pinfall. I'll put bonus <laughs> points on that. I don't see it being a decisive win, but... I could see two boys and their dinosaur, but I'm going to go with SCU. I love my boys, and I'm not going to go against them right now. <laughs> Speaking of loving my boys and has nothing to do with this, um, Undisputed Era is the new NXT Tag Champs. Thank you very much. Hey, good for mm-hmm. them. Whoop, All right. Um, moving on. Match three is a match for a bye in the tag team title tourney. We've had so many buys in the tag. They're having a tournament. They're literally having a tournament to get into the tournament. (laughs) That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't this like the the fifth or sixth match for a buy into the first round? That's called a tournament. (laughs) (laughs) And that's smart. I'm not even dogging it. I think that's genius. Like, they're like, fuck it. Let's have a tournament. To get in the tournament. It's like Inception, man. <laughs> Somebody was smoking some shit when they came up with that. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> so this match will see the Dark Order taking on the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. I want them to change this match to a ladder match. And they have to climb up the ladder and they have to grab an envelope hanging up there and in it is the new name for evil uno because they need to change (laughs) evil uno's name i don't mind the evil uno name it just doesn't work for the dark order Mm -mm. so with Stu grayson i want somebody other than evil uno but with that being said i mean they've been pushing this dark order they've been making such a big deal out of it don't go WWE Bray Wyatt on them and push so much, but fail in the ring every time. Let's fucking push Dark Order to the moon and let's whoop the shit out of Chucky e. T and Tranny B. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Dark Order is 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 set for this. I mean, you you'd want to give the biggest bad guys the the buy in the tournament, right? I would think so, and I. 
And I think they're um, they're probably one of the favorites to win it, even though we don't know who's in it because all we're doing is buying into the first <laughs> right. round. Uh, After that, pasty, we have the Crackle Barrel Cracker Barrel Clash. It's the worst name for a match since WCW. It is, but Cracker Barrel paid to have that name on there, and you right. know what? That's smart business. Hey, they got some good ass cheese, and I wouldn't say no to them. Yeah, that's that's it's good. No business. matter how fucking white bread, milk toast. <laughs> <laughs> so the Cracker Barrel Clash sees Bad Boy Joey Janela taking on Jimmy Havoc and then taking on Darby Allen in a three-way Cracker Clasher. Yes, if somebody doesn't get in he- hit in the head with a Cracker Barrel barrel, I'll be thoroughly disappointed. Well, remember the Cheese used- Raiders too, right? That should come out in this match. I'd be all right with that. Both Joey yeah. and, and Jimmy and Darby are all. I mean, we hard- don't know how hardcore Darby goes. Well. But you'd assume... YouTube could show you. Yeah. yeah. I know nothing about him outside of AEW. And I like it that way. He's he's like an enigma. He's not wrong with that. Yes. It's cool to... It's cool to... It's cool to learn about a talent in one promotion. Because sometimes talents are used so differently in different promotions. That it's kind of, If you're not going to watch the other promotions regularly... Don't even put that character in your mind, because then it kind of sullies it. It grays it. You know what I mean? Yes. Sully and Mulder. Hunting grays. It's the X-Files, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I'm always excited to see these guys because, I mean, Havoc and Janela are two people I heard about for years before actually seeing them in AEW. So it's like, I finally get to watch it. And I, it's going to be a good one. Should I'm thinking, be. uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the bad boy. He's got the Macho Man glasses. It's kind of hard for a bee stick to not support him. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to copy and paste. What I said about uh, private party, and I'm gonna say that the little, the short time Darby Allen has been here, they've just been pushing the shit out of him, and they've been talking about how great he is, and he has the potential to be a huge breakout star in this company. To be and the somebody, biggest underdog in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, you yeah. gotta lose a fuck ton of matches to get there, though. And this could be a, you know, you had the TNA originals back in the day, and you had the Ring of Honor originals. Darby Allen could be an AEW original. Yeah, he's wrestled in other promotions, but he's never made a name anywhere. Jimmy Havoc has made a name in ROH and in CZW and in TNA Impact. Joey Janela has made a name for himself in CZW and by having his own summer block party. And I mean, he's, he's huge. He's already made a name for himself. He didn't even need AEW, but he's there. And Danzig it's awesome. did that. So yeah. <laughs> Dan- yeah. Danzig basically made Joey Janela. Yeah. So he, he's basically the successor to him. So, um, uh, Zandig, not Danzig, but Danzig would be oh, cool too. Danzig's a good band though. Yeah. It'd be cool if he like, he got in a match with Zandig. <laughs> um, so that, that's where I'm going with, uh, I'm going with push. Darby and they have Allen. To, it's like a grave match, but they have to dig it. <laughs> dig your own grave match. Dig Zandig digs. <laughs> <laughs> it's what? So, 
It's so shitty. I love it. That's uh, bad. Pacey, are you going to be able to pull uh, off this next one? Oh, yeah. You mean right. Escalera de la Muerte? Oh, I love it. It's the death ladder for the AAA tag titles. You've been polishing up on your Spanish. Oh, I took I took half a year of Spanish in eighth grade. Come yeah. on, no, I know that shit. I guess uh, I guess that works. Here, I thought maybe you were just talking to Megan for a while, of getting that, getting it down. <laughs> I thought you called her up, just sent her a text, and been like, "All right, the seventeenth time. How do you say this?" <laughs> yeah, that that's exactly it. <laughs> you found me out, Fat Mac. Um. <laughs> I think Lucha I, Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a fucking ladder match. What more could you ask for? Yeah, if Omega Pac isn't the the show stealer, this easily could be the match of the night that everybody goes away talk. Easily could be the match of the night, man. Honestly, I'm hoping it's Paige Jericho. I'm hoping they destroy the fucking every expectation that we don't have for the match because nobody seems to care. That would be great. I've, I've got nothing against the main event being the best match. In fact, it should be. But on paper, this one could easily walk away with that oh, title. Yeah. yeah. With that no, being I like, said, I like that AEW events seem to have like three main events, and it feels right? nice. Yeah, yeah. They got the, the main event and then one or two co-main events, which is good. This one, Lucha Brothers have not beat the Young Bucks in AEW ever. Ever. And the fact that this is for the AAA tag titles and the fact that the new show is just over the horizon pasty, the new weekly show where tag team wrestling is going to be a big part of it, the tag team tournament is going to be a big part of it, I don't see the Young Bucks going into that tournament with another company's titles around their waist. I, I don't think that would be smart. No, I don't think so either, to be honest. So with that being said, other than the fact that they need a win, the Bucks shouldn't have the titles going into TV, and a Death Ladder match slightly in the favor of Lucha Bros, <laughs> I'm going with Lucha Bros. Uh, bring back the railway spikes, please. Yes! <clears throat> Yeah, I'm going going Lucha Bros too. I think it's a safe bet. I this think it's is- going to be one hell of a match. It's going to be fun to watch either way. But uh, I I agree with you on the title picture, and that's exactly why I picked it as well. Now let's all just hope that Phoenix doesn't fuck his knee up completely in this match and take right. himself out for nine yeah, that months. Knee could, that knee could screw some stuff up. <laughs> Unless CM Punk comes in wearing his mask. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I want to. I want to see Phoenix run out there, take the mask off. It's CM Punk, and then after the match ends, CM Punk pulls the CM Punk mask off, and it was Jericho, the other man who <laughs> loves to have his mask. It's always mask. Jericho. You should have known. A mask. Dude, that <laughs> that is beginning to be my biggest complaint about AEW. It's like, oh, something's like getting. It's not pre- even AEW. It's just outside of WWE. Yeah, it's getting kind of predictable. Go. It's kind of a <laughs> shtick, but it's kind of run its course at this point. I I would agree. Something that hasn't it'll run its never course. surprise me again. That's for fact. No, it'll surprise me when it's not him. Like, oh shit! I swore it was Jericho. <laughs> But something that hasn't quite run its course yet, Pacey, because this is just getting started, and I see more more mm-hmm. rematches of this in one form or the other going forward. Honestly, you could make this like a career feud. It, it should be. This, yes. this should be 
one of the AEW major feuds. And folks, that is the grudge match that pits Cody versus Sean Spears. The chair shot heard around the world. Oh, man. I... Oh, man. Oh, man. Words can't describe how much I'm looking forward to this. I think it's but that's very your job. interesting that I'm always looking forward to Cody matches now. That is interesting. It's it's very it's a strange world we've entered. But uh I think Cody and Sean can work together in a way that we've probably never seen. I think they could do some good stuff, some good lucha things. Shit. <laughs> But I gotta go with Cody on this one. I think has he announced <laughs> who his who his corner guy is yet? No, he hasn't. Mm. We know that um, Tully it's Blanchard is going to be in Sean Spears's corner. It's CM Punk. So it makes guessing, sense. Stand across well, from Tully Blanchard. I mean, who else do you associate with Tully Blanchard but CM Punk? <laughs> I don't know a Mr. Arn Anderson who is a AEW employee <laughs> backstage. That would be so boring, though. Uh, I'd probably take a nap. <laughs> that's that's why I think it's going to be. Would I think Cody it's going to be, be Arn Anderson. Or is Alicia Fox at ringside? He he, he brings out Alicia Fox instead of oh Brandy Rhodes. Oh, my Rose. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be, uh, that'd Oops. be certainly something else. <laughs> what about Magnum T.A.? I don't know what kind of condition he's in lately, but Magnum T.A. Tully Blanchard was one of, was one of the biggest feuds in NWA ever. In fact, their I Quit cage match, dare I say, is one of the best I Quit matches ever. Uh, that would be cool to see Magnum T.A. Yeah, I think Magnum T.A. could be in his corner. I like that. <laughs> but I, I'm going to go with Sean Spears. He's kind of the wild card. I really liked Ty Dillinger in NXT. I like him so but, much more now. Like he's, but I don't know what he's. I don't know what he can do when the the WWE reigns are off him. You know what I mean? So this I think is going to so be weird interesting. WWE, like I watched him, and to me, it was like he was a child, like a young superstar, up and coming. And then he hits AEW, and he's like all grown up. Oh, he still seems like a little kid to me, but it's cool. But that's just it. I don't, I don't know what to expect from him. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm interested to see where Sean Spears goes to the top. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Sean Spears. Just like I said, it's not over. So it really doesn't to me matter. Who he really wins. should spear people, though. <laughs> He's too small. I guess. Yeah, it, it would not be a good. I mean, if he did it just as a move in the ring, but not a finisher, I guess. Yeah, but, not a not a finisher. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, yeah. you know what's coming. It's in his name. It shouldn't be his finisher. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, arm nah. drag. Did you catch that Bailey shit this week? Oh my gosh! <laughs> the ref fucked that up. That was the ref's fault. She goes to grab the gloves. Where the fuck are the gloves? Where are the gloves? Ref's like, oh fuck, I don't know. He, he's like, he's like your kid, you know, and the fucking, you just set something down and then you go to, you go to get the door or something or you go to get something out of the microwave or turn the water off and you come back and it's gone and the kid's the only one in the room. You're like, where'd it go? I don't know. The ref just looked like, oh, fuck, I didn't touch it. It must have been, it was her. <laughs> Oh, I just yeah. 
just yeah, know that's my go-to anytime we have to switch gears really fast from now on. I'm going to yell out arm drag. <laughs> arm drag! <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was definitely on, on the ref. Uh, it wasn't Lacey's yeah. fault, and it wasn't No, a lot Bailey's of people fault. shat all over Lacey for that, though. It's not Lacey's fault! No, no, people it's, just want to shit on her because she's new. She didn't right. spend enough time in NXT. And I agree right. with that, but... I agree with that, but that's not her call. No. And I think her, I think her character has done great. And she'll do just fine on the main roster. Her character but on the main roster got over faster than Bailey's character on the main roster. Let's say that. I don't think Bailey's over yet. Sorry. No. <laughs> uh, what happened in AEW, Pasty? Mm. Up next, we got a singles match. Kenny Omega versus Pac. So, originally... When I first heard this, I went with Pac for a couple of reasons. One, Kenny Omega's got the losing streak. Two, Pac doesn't have the Dragon Gate title anymore, and that was one of the biggest issues with him losing. And three, because we already know that Pac is kind of temperamental about his creative, and if they wanted to keep Pac around and keep him happy, you probably should let him win, because he can walk out on you at any time. (laughs) He's done it before. Exactly. On a few different companies. (laughs) But with that being said, with that maybe news from Meltzer about Pac being more concerned with Dragon Gate and only being a part-timer in AEW, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, but that's about what his report said, whether it's true or not. Why would you have a part-timer beat one of your main guys? It wouldn't make sense. For that reason, I'm going to go Omega because you're going to have that rematch with John Moxley and you want Omega to look strong going into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, if it was Omega Moxley, I'd pick Moxley. If it was Omega Pac under different circumstances, I'd pick Pac. What if it was Omega but Pac? Even- Who are you going with? I, I'm I'm going. I mean, with I, mean Kenny Moxley, Omega. I meant Moxley Pac. Sorry, I oh, Moxley Pac. I was trying to be a smart ass, and then I screwed it up to begin with. I think I got to give ah, it to Pac fuck. over Moxley, just because Moxley hasn't paid the dues yet on the on the lesser circuit. Like they need like, to start a uh, tag team called Poxley. Poxley, I like it. Yeah. Um, but no, and and then especially with the like what we said, it was a gift from Dragon Gate. Automatically, yeah. my mind goes, Pac's going to lose, especially since there's no plans on him working with them going forward. As far as we know, yeah. Yeah, if, if it's a one and done, yeah, Pac's losing. Um, Yeah, Kenny Omega, the Omega Man, for the win, let's break the streak. Break the streak, baby. And then what we all came here for, folks, the AEW World Championship match. Yes, somebody will leave All Out as the very first ever inaugural All Elite Pro Wrestling World Champion. Uh, so far as I've looked up, they're not calling it a World Heavyweight Championship, which I think is, uh, I think that's telling, which how, with how they're not trying to push, you know, large men and all that. It kind of mm-hmm. seems that they're going, and that could change. Maybe it is going to be world heavyweight champion, but everything I've seen on their page and everything just says world it championship. Be intergalactic. So I, <laughs> I dig it. Uh, yeah, the universal title is always won by somebody on Earth. Miss Universe is always won by somebody <laughs> on Earth. I have a feeling that Earth's paying somebody off in the universe. It's like, oh, we're going to win this one. Huh? Right. So we got Hangman Adam Page taking on the Painmaker Chris Jericho. This this should be a good match, and boy, 
It really could go either way for different reasons. For very I've got different such reasons. cold feet. All of a sudden, uh, put I've on some saying, slippers, buddy. Turn the I, uh, turn the heat up. Put on some slippers. You'll be fine. But we got a, we got a show to do. I've all been right? saying Don't. the whole time, Paige is going to win it. <laughs> but now, like an hour before the buy-in, <laughs> CM Punk's got this thing where he's going to talk. And I think if there's a chance in hell CM Punk is going to AEW, he's going to want to face Jericho for the championship. I'm changing mine, and I'm going with Jericho. Are you changing it, or am I? I am changing it. All right. <sighs> um, that's, I mean, this is almost a, a flip of the coin. <sighs> Hangman Adam Page allows you to build a first-time AEW championship on mm-hmm. the back of a inaugural homegrown AEW. I'm not homegrown, but, you know. A, Goddamn. An alumni, you know, a main guy, an elite but putting it on Chris Jericho going on to this Wednesday night show is going to bring more eyes to your product. Also, you know Jericho is a proven champion who is going to do the belt justice and really put the belt over, let alone put your show over, where Paige isn't as much of a proven commodity. So... It's scary. I was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, especially now that you picked Jericho, I'm definitely gonna dig my heels on Adam Page. I hope it's you're cool right. We both pick somebody different. I really different. do. I think it's better for the company, but I think Jericho uh, as a know. super heel dark horse champion could could do good things for young guys. Oh, he could, and at the same time. Chris Jericho not getting the title and going off on a you screwed me sort of heel deal and shit like that is also awesome. You know, either way, it would be great for Jericho. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Hangman Adam Page, but I, I dig it. I, either one is, is the right choice for different reasons, I think. Uh-huh. The only problem is if you give it to Jericho, Vince has always got that, you know, his guy was your first champion. That's yeah. That's all right. Vern Gagne's guy made Vince McMahon a millionaire. Yeah, you know, Vern Hulk Hogan was Vern Gagne's guy. He was one of his main guys. He's the one that gave him the name Hulk Hogan. Yep. So, and then Pacey, we have to have a tiebreaker, and boy, this tiebreaker wrote itself yet uh, last week. Yes, it did. So it was like we didn't even have to think of a tiebreaker. It was already there. And, of course, the tiebreaker is going to be, will CM Punk make a live appearance at AEW? Don't worry, so Fat Mac, I will jump all over that landmine. <laughs> of fucking course he will. Doesn't mean um, a taped promo. It doesn't mean a clip from StarCast. It means a live appearance. With that being said, that could mean a corner man. That could mean coming out and what just if, doing what a if live he is promo. There? What if he is there, but he's just one of the Dark Order's minions and he never reveals it at all? <laughs> if you can prove it through fingerprint and DNA testing, Pasty, I'll give it to you. I could see him to do it. I, I I almost guarantee if you don't see him, that's what he does. <laughs> or, you know, he hangs out in his posh hotel room and watches it and eats lobster with A.J. Lee. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't sound too bad either. No, not at all. 
Oh, that's it. That's that's all out. Um, as I said, you could. I'm going to assume one more buy-in match and one more main roster match. But I like. Yeah, we don't got matches. no Orange Cassidy on this card. We don't have a lot of people, but you you can't throw everybody on there. I mean, that's that's fine. Um, I like eight, and I really hope they don't dig their heels in the ground and push this to be another seven-hour show like the last one because. People have been vocal. They don't want that. If they call this their WrestleMania, though, I can't can't fault them for that. WrestleMania's in a fucking year. No, but you can have a WrestleMania and a SummerSlam. Well, neither one needs to be seven hours. I can fault them for it because nobody wants it. If your fans don't want it, why are you doing it? I, I think seven hours is bad. I think five hours is fine. Five hours is fine if there's not a two hour pre show. I, I don't like five hours. Give us a little over four. What can you not do in a little over four hours? Four hours and 20 minutes. That's what we need. There you go. I like it. <laughs> Book it. <laughs> it's the new standard time for pay-per-views. <laughs> and that is that is all for the Elite This Week, pasty. That's right, Fat Mac. But now we are bringing you into this week's Savage Sentinel Coming up first, we're going to break down the top 10 PWI 500 2019 wrestlers of the world. (laughs) That was such an awkward way to say that. I know. I walked myself into a corner there. (laughs) I love it. I love it, though. It stays. Oh, it's perfect. (laughs) This is an interesting top 10. I I don't agree with the top 10, and I don't agree with the order, but... I would argue every year is about the same. I mean, every year. It's subjective. Even though they have criteria. I feel like criteria. the last few years, like, I've been more inclined to be like, yeah, you're you're probably right. You're probably yeah, right. Yeah, even if there's people you didn't agree with, you could kind of see why. This year, I'm like, God, it really wasn't a great year for wrestling, was it? <laughs> oh, that's bad. You know, I had a PWI 500 around here, and I was going to read the criteria. I don't know where I put it. Now I'm just dropping shit. Huh. So, I was going to just read what the criteria was, but... I don't know where it is. So, Pace, do you want to read us off uh, the list? And we'll kind of... I think... Let's go over the whole list, and then we'll kind of... Discuss right. it. Then we'll break it down. Break it down. Okay. Coming in at number one is Seth freaking Rollins. Number two is Daniel Bryan. Number three is AJ Styles. Four is Kofi Kingston. I think that's got to be the first time he's been on the top of this chart. Uh, yeah. Yeah. First time in the top ten. Good for him, I suppose. Still a little higher than he deserves to be, I think. Uh, But we'll get around to that. Kazuchika Okada comes in at number five. Number six is Johnny Gargano. Roman Reigns at seven. Kenny Omega at eight. And Hiroshi Tanahashi at nine with Will Ospreay rounding out number ten. It's a... It's a list. It's a list. I'm surprised Daniel Bryan's so high. I'm surprised Seth Rollins is so high. I'm surprised Brock Lesnar's not on the list, even though I think that's the criteria you're looking into is number of matches in a year. 
Uh, let me go run and grab a different one. I know I had one around here, but I don't see it. So I'm going to go run and grab a different one. It'll be just a second. Get talking, Pasty. So yeah, it's just, it's it's very interesting to me, the, the composition of this list. It seems, it definitely seems more thrown together than in years past, but I guess this year has been a huge mess of thrown together wrestling on, on behalf of Vince McMahon and, and most of wrestling. AEW has really thrown a wrench in every promotion's wheelhouse and... God, I just... Johnny Gargano's there. Adam Cole isn't. He's one half of that amazing feud. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa, I mean, that was last year, so I get that. Um, I'm surprised Roman... What is Roman Reigns done i mean he's won the ultimate battle against leukemia that's exactly why he got it you know that yeah what is right or wrong what has he done beyond that he's he's almost gotten killed a couple of times <laughs> and we don't know by who oh other than it's rowan or something that it came out on smackdown although it still looked like the the other guy who looked like rowan that that they showed him the week before. So I'm like, what? <laughs> right. I think it's Daniel Bryan. Obviously, Rowan came from walking the opposite direction of where the forklift was. They completely reshot that whole thing so they could include him in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean... So, so I grabbed an, an old PWI 500. I just grabbed the first one I found. People may be surprised at how many PWIs I have lying around my house. This is from 2015, so it is almost oh, as many as Playboy's. Almost. Playboy doesn't even have nudity in it anymore, buddy. Oh, how ironic is this, Pasty? I grabbed the uh, 2015 PWI 500. Who's number one? Seth freaking Rollins. All right. He so deserved it that year. First, I'm going to tell you what the criteria is that they use to pick the PWI 500, and this is in order of importance. So the first thing I say is the most important, the last thing I say is the least important. So the criteria for the PWI 500 that they look into is win-loss record, first and foremost. Second, technical ability. Third, influence on the sport. Fourth, success against the highest grade of competition. That means there might be one of the best wrestlers in the world who's wrestling a bunch of jabronis in some indie place. You're just not going to make the cut because you haven't faced Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega. So does that mean that the year James Ellsworth was being helped by Dean Ambrose, he could have topped this list? Uh, well, he would have met one of the criterias. <laughs> Definitely not technical ability or win-loss record or influence. Um, anyways... Six is success against the most diverse competition. So traveling the world, having different types of matches, so forth. And the least but still pick, still counts as criteria is activity. Now, it says wrestlers must meet the following requirements to be considered for the 500. They have to have had 20 matches during the evaluation period or at least one match in seven separate months. And uh, was that the only other criteria we got there? I think that was... So those are kind of your main things that we're going with there. Would keep Brock Lesnar off of any given year, really? Um, lately, yes. Because even... Yeah, in this one, that's the example they use. In 2015, it says... Um, 
Brock Lesnar, Triple H, and Undertaker are not qualified for the PWI 500 because they don't meet that specific criteria. Um, so Seth Rollins, I'm not surprised at him being number one because I don't know who else would be there. Nobody else. This is another year. I think last year we talked about it, and this year nobody made a huge splash. As you, other than Kofi, but it wasn't. It was huge for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised like Jay White's not up up there. Ex- yeah, yeah. I'm not a big Jay White fan, but I would have definitely understood him being on the list. I get. I mean, Johnny there's, there's 500, so they're somewhere on the list, obviously. For sure. I wonder um, is Will- Dean Ambrose and John Moxley on the list? No, no, no. They don't do that. Um, Roman Reigns, I wouldn't put on the list. Gargano, I understand. Okada, as much as I love him, a five actually is probably about right. He didn't do anything great, but he didn't do anything bad at all. Yeah, five out of 100, 500 is, is where he belongs for not doing anything great, really. Uh, Tanahashi, uh, I probably wouldn't have in the top 10. Um, Will Ospreay, I can understand he belongs at the bottom of the top 10. Omega, I'd probably have a little bit higher, but then again, he did have a he went a few months with not really doing much in between being done with New Japan and mm. going to AEW. He hasn't wrestled a lot this year. Yeah, and so a lot of the AEW the- guys won't qualify for this year either because not enough matches. Yeah, yeah. And even if you had enough matches, it wasn't a ton of them. You know, you look at uh, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Okada, Gargano. They were having, you know, hundreds of matches this year. Yeah. And some great ones. Ah, uh, you know. And I, uh, I do want to mention, unless you mentioned while I was up running around looking for books, of this top ten, the last five number ones all made the top ten. So, back in 2014, <clears throat> uh, Daniel Bryan was number one. 2015, as I just mentioned, Seth Rollins was number one, so he's a two-time number one PWI 500 now. 2016, Roman Reigns was number one. My boy Kazuchiko Okada in 2017 got the top of the list. And last year, the Omega man, Kenny Omega, was number one. But there's six number one candidates on here because AJ Styles got the number one spot in 2010, making him the only TNA slash Impact wrestler to ever get the number one spot on PWI 500 while they were a TNA wrestler for wrestling for TNA or Impact Wrestling. It's really nice to see that the, there's the consistency that you're able to have in wrestling nowadays. That is good. That is good. And I think it's because it's so much more open now. Because some years the, the top 10 is completely fucking <laughs> different. You know what I mean? Right. And oh, it'll yeah. never look like that again. I mean, think about it. The Miz was number one one year. What? Uh, he'll be number one again. Just you wait. What? Just you wait. I think he's got one more WWE title run in him. Certainly don't think he has a PWI 500 number one spot left in him, but prove me wrong, Miz. Prove <laughs> me wrong. But somebody who's not wrong, Pasty, is, is something I was really excited to hear this, and 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 uh, maybe we put a little too much into this, but I, I think this is cool. It's near and dear to my heart, and I thought it just had to be said because you didn't see a lot of news about it, and I think it's huge, and I think it's awesome. Kira Hogan is a hero, folks, for many reasons. But the main reason is that she has made Impact Wrestling woke. 
because pasty Kira Hogan, who is openly bisexual and has gone public with her relationship with fellow wrestler Diamante, who is a woman, is having her coming out celebration this October in Chicago, but not in conjunction with AEW, but in conjunction with Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory Extravaganza, which is October 20th at the Odium Expo Center in the Chicago area. And she is going to have multiple high-profile events. And Pasty, when I say multiple, I mean she's going to be busy that week. Oh, she's going big. Woo. So first, Thursday, October 17th, Impact Wrestling Pizza Party with Kira Hogan. Kira will speak to the attendees. She's going to sign autographs, pose for photos, and do so much more at Lou Malnate's Pizzeria. The pizza party is Illuminati. The Illuminati confirmed. (laughs) It's Lou Minotti. Oh, my God. Whoa. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) The pizza party is geared for area youth and is hosted by the Penta Pride Project, which runs Buffalo Grove Pride in suburban Chicago. And the coolest thing about the Penta Pride Project is 13-year-old Molly Penta spearheaded 13-year-old, let me emphasize that, 13-year-old Molly Pinta spearheaded the first-ever Buffalo Grove Pride Parade this past June and has garnered widespread local and national press. Basty, she made it on the Today Show. That's awesome. That's just Thursday. Yes. Saturday? Taking Friday off, apparently. Well, Friday, I'm sure they got a lot of shows to do and stuff, you know? Yeah. But Saturday, October 19th, there's a ceremonial coin toss for flag football. Kira would talk with players before the games start, then perform the ceremonial coin flip duties for the Chicago Metropolitan Sports Association. Kumsa, as I like to call them. Yes, go yes. Kumsa. <laughs> the Kumsa is the largest nonprofit gay and lesbian sports organization in the Midwest with about 3,200 members. CMSA is open to all, regardless of sexual orientation, gender, or gender identity. So, this is a perfect example of why we need more of this. First of all, it's awesome that they have this this um, gay and lesbian sports organization, which is all-inclusive. You can be a straight person and still There should just be more all-inclusive sports organizations anything. in general. Yeah, but when it says that this is one of the largest with about... 3,200 members. That's pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> 3,200? Like, I mean, there's... In the Midwest. Imagine how many people I mean, are it's in... not in the country. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, it's only located in the Midwest. But still, I mean, think of how many, like, NRA members there are. How many yeah. this or that. Or, you know, it's like, wow, that's that's not a lot. That's... Like, there's towns. There's small towns that are bigger than that. Yeah. So it's it's sad, but it's good that they're making steps. Is that all she's doing Saturday, Pacey? Oh, no, because then Kara will do a ceremonial puck drop before the Chicago Wolves game against Rockford Ice Hogs for the team's Pride Night, and then participate in various Pride Night festivities. A portion of the tickets sold to the game will benefit the center of Halstead, which is Chicago's LBGTQ plus community center. That's cool. Yes, and after that, they do as they do every Saturday night. Scarlet Bar will host a pregame to kick off the night's festivities with four local drag performances on stage. Kira will host the pregame with Aurora Gozmik. 
That sounds fun. I want to go to that. I I would be so there. Drag shows are always a good time. They are. And then on Sunday, October 20th, Kira Hogan will speak at the Center on a Halstead, which is Chicago's LGBTQ plus community center, as Pasty mentioned earlier. Her 45-minute talk titled Biceps Before Brunch, and folks, that's written B-I dash seps, sort of like bisexual biceps. Get it? It's cool. It's a pun. Biceps Before Brunch, and that will include a Q&A session again, autographs also with photo opportunities. So if you miss her on Thursday, hit her up on Sunday. And Pasty, after all of the week's events, Kira Hogan will finally participate in Bound for Glory, which I'm sure she's going to have an awesome match on that card, which will be that Sunday night, October 20th. And folks, when it gets closer to the date, as always, we will have predictions and then results. Yes, indeed. Sounds to me like she's winning a championship. Sounds to me like she's, <laughs> she's already won in my book. I think this is awesome. I give impact Nothing but props for going out of their way and promoting this, for standing behind Kira. And I give it up for Kira for being out and open and, and drawing attention to this and giving of herself. She's, this has got to be a busy week before their biggest pay-per-view of the year. She's just spreading herself so thin because, because it needs to happen. People need to be out here talking about it. And you know the other thing I actually love about this pasty? What's it's that? not during Pride Month. They're not just only doing it because it's the Pride Month. Right. They're stepping on Susan G. Coleman's ass and saying, fuck <laughs> breast cancer. Let's talk about these poor LBGTQ plus folks out here because you need to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not just it, – there aren't problems just in one month. Right. And that's for everything that has a quote-unquote month. It's not like once that month is over, everything's fine. Good for her. Yes, indeed. And every homophobic person listening to our show <laughs> hates us now, and you know what? I don't need them listening to us. That's so. fine. Yep. We've went with a few listeners for most of our career. We can continue that way. <laughs> ah, Impact officials told Talents back in May that they were working on covering hotel costs as a way to give back to the locker room. By absorbing some of the financial burden of being on the road. Impact recently covered hotel costs for their talents while they were in Mexico, but talents were still paying for their own hotel for shows in the United States and Canada. That is about to change as hotels will be covered moving forward, beginning with next week's Impact TV tapings in Las Vegas. It was noted that this new consistent road, this is a new consistent road policy for Impact. That is cool. Yeah, really cool. Take care of your fucking contracted contractors. Is it weird that Alberto and Chavo's Mexican promotion is offering health care and the Canadian former TNA current impact is offering to pay for hotels while billionaire Vince McMahon and billionaire Tony Khan aren't willing to do either one for their guys? I mean, AEW is still young, and once they start saying. generating revenue, I could see them to do it. I don't well, think yeah. I don't think WWE ever will, though. At least not as long as Vince is around. But I, I'm just saying, you know. I mean, let's be honest. Um, I do Alberto think as a company, though, you should promotion. do one or the other. 
Yeah, Alberto and Chavo's promotion is young. Mm-hmm. They're doing it. I just, I just think it's cool. I think it's cool that these smaller companies are actually noticing that if you take care of your talent, it is going to, it's an investment. It's going to come back to you. You're going to make more money by investing in your talent. Yeah. And I think, I just think it's cool. I think it's cool they're doing it. I think it's cool that any company does it. I just think it's ironic that these two major giant conglomerates that have all this money just falling out of their back pockets aren't willing to pay for band-aids to be stocked in the uh, first aid kit. Just just something to point out. Uh, something else we can point out, which is of note, the LLC owned by Ric Flair, or basically Ric Flair's quote-unquote company, folks, for you that aren't in the legal business, um, they filed for the trademark on The Man this past Monday, Pasty. Huh. <laughs> now, this is interesting because, as almost everybody listening to this knows, He's give it to Charlotte. WWE <laughs> uses the man for Raw Women's Champion and rival to Charlotte Flair, who is Ric Flair's daughter, uh, as, Daddy, as to Becky Lynch. I want her name. <laughs> She's the man. And yes. <laughs> Ric Flair has used the phrase to be the man, you've got to beat the man for decades now. But he's never really went by the nom de plume the man. So this can almost only be to secure that from WWE and from Becky. Yeah. That's... Um, uh, And with them being so tight Are Charlotte and Andrade going to jump to Del Rio's promotion? <laughs> That'd be you know what cool. I mean? That would be that to me. That that's kind of what it smells like. She's got connections to Del Rio from the past. Obviously, I mean, uh, want that health just, insurance? You know, this could be right. This could be yeah, because she. I mean, she needs to get her next set of titties paid for. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, this could. I mean, this could be nothing, but it's just, it's interesting. It is if, very interesting. I don't think Becky he's going to get it. I don't know if you could copyright that, but. I don't know. But if Becky Lynch wasn't using the man or if Ric Flair trademarked the whole, you know, his whole quote to be the man, you got to be like that really wouldn't be newsworthy. We wouldn't have put it on here, but just something there, there seems to be some unconnected dots here that. What if he trademarked both of them, and so legally, in order to use the term the man, you had to actually beat him? <laughs> that, that might be the coolest thing that any wrestler would have ever done in the history of pro wrestling. It's, a, it's, a, it's an invisible championship is what well, it is. If they had, yeah, if, they, if you could literally like win a trademark off of people, kind of like how people would win pink slips for cars from racing, yeah, street racing. Yeah. Like, you're going to win the trademark to a name from wrestling a dude in a, in a shoot wrestle. Oh, that's fucking awesome, Pasty. Mm, I love it. Oh, that is so... How come that hasn't <laughs> happened so far that we know of? At least not in a major way. How has that not happened? It should. Damn. More, more legal matters should be held in the court of law in the middle of a pro wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens think- should have had to have beat Stone Cold Steve Austin for use of the stunner. Yeah. I think we should have just put uh, CM Punk and and um, and um, no. Um, I think we should have just put uh, CM Punk and um, 
Why do I keep just wanting to say Scotty Goldman? Fucking. <laughs> why can't it? A Colt Cabana. I couldn't think of fucking Colt Cabana's name for no reason. Scotty Goldman. That's what they called him in WWE, them fucking racist <laughs> bastards. Oh, he's a Jew. Let's call him Scotty Goldman. <laughs> you fucking racist pricks. Um, no, you should have had Cole Cabana and CM Punk instead of going to court. Just fucking throw them in the ring. Shoot, fight each other. <laughs> Whoever wins gets the money. They just have a giant sack with a with a money bag sign on it. Maybe, with a maybe money that's sign on maybe it. that's Cody Rhodes' plan going forward. You don't know. AEW could make that happen. Tony Khan's got the money. <laughs> So, one way or the other, either Becky Lynch or Ric Flair are going to lose the man. And Pasty, over this past week, two men have been lost to probably the most sinister, vile, worst thing that could ever happen to it's another man. It's a disease. Man. It's a plague. It, it's awful. It's horrible. It's marriage. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 the M word. I don't even want to say it. But um, first off, WWE's Peyton Royce and AEW's Sean Spears are trying to bring the kingdoms together in a sign of peace through marriage. It's not going to work. They both got married this I mean, past weekend, Britt, and Britt Baker and her parents got kicked out of NXT Takeover. <laughs> Surprisingly. I didn't see any public um, announcement from AEW, but WWE congratulated both Peyton Royce and Do they say Ty, Ty Dillinger? Dillinger. <laughs> Ty Dillinger. <laughs> but they did congratulate them both, so that was kind of cool. Um, should have said they should have just put Sean's real name in, right? Um, which I don't know what that is, but I'm gonna look it up right now. But you know, whatever they did mention it, and that's kind of cool, I think. Yeah. Well, Sean and Peyton aren't the only ones because it appears Finn Balor also married Fox Sports Mexico correspondent Veronica Rodriguez, and not Venezuelan porn star Veronica Rodriguez. Yeah. So funny story here. There Did you get a, excited a, when you read the headline? Like, oh shit! <laughs> well, there was a, there was a rumor that Finn you Balor know, Paul had Heyman's married. always hanging out with what's her face, Dylan Harper, or whatever. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. To be oh, honest. she she she's on them sites, boy. Oh hey, but no, it was like it was like Finn Balor married, you know. So I opened it up and it said Finn Balor married longtime girlfriend Veronica Rodriguez. So I was like, who the fuck? You know, I figured she was a wrestler or something. So I threw it in the old Google machine, and the first thing that popped up was like. Seven different pages of Veronica Rodriguez. And there's a Wikipedia page. Veronica Rodriguez, Venezuelan porn star and shit, or adult film actress, it said. But we know what it is. <laughs> so I was like, hot damn, Finn Balor married a fucking Venezuelan porn star. Way to go, buddy. And literally, I think it was yesterday. I just put a little more research into this. <laughs> And I found out that he married Fox Sports Mexico correspondent Veronica Rodriguez. Now, I haven't gone the step further and find out if Fox Sports Mexico correspondent is Venezuelan and used to make adult films. That's possible. Um, I haven't gone that far yet. But yeah, when it first came out, I was like, hot damn. <laughs> this guy married a Venezuelan porn star. Way to go. But I've seen pictures of the Fox Sports Mexico correspondent, too. And I mean, she's a catch. And they got married, like, in a jungle by a waterfall with, like, 
three people there or something. Nice. Like, I think a, I think a macaw actually did the the the, the wedding. I think his abs a and a jungle and a waterfall would definitely do it for me. Oh my god, I'd spooge. Uh huh. I I just did a little bit inside with, my with belly without button. Without the macaw, yeah, yeah. Uh, fun stuff. Um, congratulations to them. Although I'd never support marriage, I think it's um it's an archaic, uh, it's an archaic white man's way to own another human being, but do it legally and make it look like it's out of love. And, 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 and honestly, and I'm just gonna point out here: WWE only publicly congratulated them because this is officially the end of Peyton Rice's career. <laughs> This is the end, my only friend. You know, they probably lost the tag team titles the week that she told Vince that they were going to be married. Probably. Vince, I I need need this this week off. What for? I'm going to get married. (laughs) Oh, Sean Spears. Oh, sounds like a fine fella. What a. Oh, by the way, I looked up his name. He should never go by his legal name, <laughs> ever. Oh yeah his his name is Ronnie William Arnell. Get the fuck out of here! I think we've said it on the show before. I know I said the, the last have, name is very familiar. Uh, I don't know, but I do know that that sounds yeah. like a generic wrestler that's made to sound like a wimp. Kind of sounds you like know? a molester, Ronnie. Ronnie William Arnell. That's not how you say Arnold. Duh. <laughs> Arnell. Excuse uh, me. Wow, sounds like a fine fellow. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, do I know him? Has he been around? Where, where, where do I know him from? Oh, he used to wrestle as Ty Dillinger. All right. Um, by the way, you're losing the tag title. <laughs> Hope it was Shit. worth it, pal. Uh, well, the one good thing about getting married is in God's eyes, you are free and clear to get it in and pull it out and get it in and pull it out as we bring you to this week's ins and outs. Yes. UFC Hall of Famer Ken Shamrock is returning to Impact for the September 5th and 6th Las Vegas tapings. The ones where they're going to get their hotel rooms yeah, paid for. that's why he's going. He's like, I'm getting my hotel paid. He's going to trash it, too. Damn right he is. <laughs> he's going to teach them real quick. You don't pay for wrestlers' hotel rooms. <laughs> they, they turn back to the cocaine 80s all over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's appearing because of his social media feud with Impact's Moose. Moose. Shamrock hasn't been an Impact since 2004 it was then TNA when he won the NWA World Heavyweight Championship on their first ever show which he later lost to possibly current 24-7 champion Ron R-Truth Killings as of now he's not under contract but has agreed to multiple appearances now I thought Moose was just going after old ECW guys Ken Shamrock wasn't ECW was he no, but he's an old wrestler, but, so I guess he's expanding. But if you're going to... Ah, there's still other old ECW guys. You get through what you fucking said you were getting through first. To be fair, Ken Shamrock is more hardcore than any of oh, those I, old ECW I, I, guys. I understand that entirely. <laughs> I mean, it's a good fit, but... No, I, I hear you. 
you know, it might have been Moose one of those... versus Dreamer already, or did he just bypass that one? He's like, nope, I've seen his matches. I'm pretty sure they've they've wrestled. <laughs> I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm kind of sure. You know what could have happened is they, you know, how people sometimes work themselves into a shoot in wrestling. These guys might have shot themselves into a work. Like it could have been like they just started joshing each other on Twitter and shit, started going back and forth and and you know just busting each other's balls. And soon enough, it came down to like, shit, people are following. We should have a match. Like, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was real life that turned into a work. I don't know. Uh, Weird as shit has happened. But no, bringing up our truth, I, I, I think he should have a better championship than the 24-7 championship. Because he's done great things for that piece of shit. Our truth. I mean, when he was when he was uh, Ron the Truth Killings in in Impact Wrestling, he was a main event guy. He was a hell of a hand. Uh, you know. So see, and I don't know if I, I want to see him with the WWE him. Championship this close to the Kofi run because I think it no, would. He doesn't need that, but he could have an IC or US title. Yeah, run. I think he'd be a For solid sure. US Championship holder if you were willing <laughs> to actually do something with the US Championship that month. But I think they want him to be a comedy act, and you know what? It works really this, well for him. I think at this stage in the game, because he's he's fucking old. I like the fact that they're getting Elias in on the mix now too. Elias had it a couple of different times, so they're finally putting on somebody legitimate enough that he's actually going to hold it for a minute. I'm pretty sure at this stage of the game, he's probably more than happy to just go out and do comedy shit, not wear and tear on his body, and and make money. And, you know and what music. I mean? He makes music. And yeah, he does. He does. Um, I guess he's not as old as I thought he is, but for pro he's wrestling, he's still pretty forever. old. He's, he's 47 years old. Yeah. So that's not young in pro wrestling. Oh. It's young in real he life, but it's not young in pro or wrestling. 19, though. You know. um, he started in 97. So I don't know what would 97 be. 22 years ago. Okay, and if he's and if he's forty seven, that would be twenty five. Okay. He started at twenty five. Okay. Wow. Are we sure that's right? It sounds it could be. <laughs> was, was it was it twenty two? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd be twenty two. You're right. Uh-huh. Yep. So he would have started at twenty five. So he's I mean, that's young. That's young for wrestling. That's mm-hmm. average I think it's average. average Let's yeah. say it's average, yeah. yeah. But remember yeah, because remember he used to be um he used to be K Quick. A lot of people don't remember, remember his running WWE as K Quick with uh, Road Dog Jesse it, James. Wasn't he WCW too? He was not in WCW. Oh, okay. See, I had thought he, he went all the way back thinking, to WCW. I think you're thinking of Elix Skipper. You maybe, maybe you're not thinking of him, but Elix Skipper was badass. Yeah, um, I I don't know whatever happened with Elix Skipper, but he was amazing. Go back, folks, and just go to your YouTube machine and type Elix Skipper Cage Walk and just be flabbergasted because a lot of th- a lot of times you look at something ten years ago and you're like, oh, that was so cool ten years ago. I mean, people do it a lot now. Go back and watch Elix Skipper Cage Walk. People don't do that now. <laughs> it's amazing. If if you've seen it tomorrow in NXT, you'd be like, oh fuck. You probably will awesome. see it tomorrow on NXT. Hey, I'll be all right with that. <laughs> um, something you're not going to see in NXT or anywhere other than Impact, though, Pasty, is LAX. Because Impact Wrestling will be retaining the rights to the LAX name as Santina and Ortiz move away from the company. You know what? I like that because they've, it's already been passed down once. 
Well, exactly. And as we reported earlier this month, the duo said their goodbyes to the Impact crowd after two years with the company. And by the way, I was surprised when I double-checked this. Two years. They made a huge impact, no pun intended, on the company in just two yeah, years. Yeah, they did. Because I thought they'd been with them for five. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're they're a huge they, asset to Impact for, for the time they were there. But I, yeah, I guess I, be, I remember when they initially had taken the reins from the original LAX. Right, the OGs. Yeah. So when asked about the LAX acronym, Santana said that they would be doing something else, but would still remain the same. He's quoted saying, we're going to be doing our own thing. We're still Santana and Ortiz, but we're going to be putting out something new. Now, Pasty, before joining Impact, the two were collectively known as EYFBO. And for folks out there trying to figure this shit out in text talk, you never will. So let me tell you what it means. <laughs> it stood for entertain your fucking balls off or when necessary. And they're in a PG environment. It was entertain your freaking butts off. There you go. Back then, though, it wasn't Santana and Ortiz. It was a funky monkey, Angel Ortiz and the nasty assassin, Mike Drastic. I'll just bring it all back. God, it's I know. So I want to see I the funky it. monkey and the nasty assassin go. <laughs> and can they come Just to the ring cool with shit. somebody call my mama? <laughs> it is so great. Um, but yeah, like you said, Pacey, I mean, obviously, not only was LAX a tag team before these two guys were even in wrestling, but they were a tag team created by TNA. TNA came up with that. Uh, it was uh, with Conan, of course. It's just a shame it, they but... didn't stick around long enough to pass it down to the next LAX. It is a shame, but I I have a feeling. First of all, in like a year's time, not not anytime soon, I'd love to see them find another Latin American duo or trio and bring back LAX. Uh-huh. But I would like to think the way it sounds is um that it was it was really a pretty pretty decent breakup. Like no bridges were burned right, on yeah. this. So I could see those two coming back. And having a match with them and passing on the name, or maybe like a new group coming in with the name and those two coming They're back. Get like so much you money though, anywhere from they us. go. I don't know that they do go back. Well, I mean, they, no, they could do like a like two two shows or something. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. I could see them coming back and just just doing a program with them, really similar to the way LAX. I mean, LAX came back. And kind of got this new LAX going. Then they went away. Then they came back again as the OGs, and then they went away. So. You know, I could see that happening. All I know is, uh, I guess the future is bright. I like the fact that that Impact is retaining that. It makes sense, 100%. Santa Tana and Ortiz can move on and hopefully go to AEW, where they'll be used. Any company is going to do wonders with them. God, I I really want to see them on on USA and NXT, too. But... uh, (laughs) Yeah, I honestly think that not only that we've said this before, but I honestly think not only NXT, but I think the main roster would be able to use these two guys well. We know that Vince is always big on trying to find that that Hispanic connection. Mm-hmm. And we know WWE doesn't respect tag teams, but this would be a good one to have in that small mix as somebody who's always in there. So, I would love I'd love to see him anywhere. ROH, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor. I already said that. Uh, they could go down, as you mentioned earlier, to Alberto and Chavos. Yeah, they could. The sky's the limit for these guys. They're, they're not short on talent. No. By no means. Mm-mm. They're, they're going to be an asset 
anywhere they go. Yeah, uh, I'd almost say hottest free agents on the market currently. Probably. And with AEW being the one promotion that's, that's at least publicly touting that they want to push the tag division, I would say that's the best spot for them. Oh, I just want all the, the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks and LA, or Santana and Ortiz, not LAX. <laughs> XAL, that's what they'll be called. Call him Ifebo. Ifebo! <laughs> Why? E-Y-F-B-O. Oh, Ifebo. Ifebo. Sup, son? We Ifebo. <laughs> I'm Funky Monkey. I'm Nasty Assassin. We Ifebo. <laughs> I love it. Oh, God. Too That's too good. Oh, tag teams. Yes, indeed. Well, rumor has it WWE officials are in talks with Enzo Amore and Big Cass to make a return to the company for the NXT brand by their USA Network debut. According to old Unky Meltzer, we don't know if they've accepted, but Cass really hasn't done much on the indie scene and has also made it clear he wants to get back. Enzo? Who really knows? He says a lot of things, but his rap career isn't exactly going anywhere, which is That's an understatement. a little sad. He's got a couple of decent songs. Yeah, so do 50 million people in the United States. Yeah. Um... <sighs> With that said, WWE told PW Insider that there is no basis for this story and that they have had zero discussions with Enzo and Cass. Only time will tell. Man, I don't know. I would accept them back in NXT, but I, I, I'd rather see Enzo versus Janela. I don't need to see these two. No. I'm not going to hate. I'm not going to hate on them going anywhere. I don't I don't miss I think these they two. They belong somewhere in wrestling. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to dog on anybody getting a job. But um Enzo I I, I mean I hopefully Enzo him. has his shit in check a little bit more than he did his first run. Oh, you gotta hope somebody's the way he talks, and of course they're right. you know they got their own gimmick and, and they got a they got a persona they have to try to put out there. But the way he still talks, he sounds like he's the same stupid cocky fucker that is not mature enough to be in an actual business. Yeah, but he's so um, much money on the mic. <laughs> he is. He is. That's a sad thing. And Cass, Cass. Kind of looks good, but he's mediocre in the ring, and he's less than mediocre on the mic. You don't need Cass. No. I think Enzo would be good to bring in as a manager that could get physical and get thrown into matches on the few occasions that they need to beat him up, you know? Yeah. I'd be more happy with that. he doesn't bounce his head off the ropes. (laughs) Fuck, let's not do that again. That was scary. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't want to see that happen to anybody. That was scary. Either way, I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of excited one way or another, you know, if they go anywhere. This, this is kind of like the Pac story, too, where we have two completely different stories from two different parties, and it could all be bullshit. Dude, Enzo and Cass versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I mean, come on. It would fit. Literally. I mean, they could fit in each other's clothes, I think. And Enzo could ride down on Cass's shoulders. Right? It'd be good. I want to see it. I want to see that. <laughs> 
How you doing? <laughs> uh, they could just fucking chicken fight. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly they what I was thinking. Actual pool. chicken fight. Yeah, just Enzo and, Enzo and Jungle Boy chicken fighting. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, Pasty. Time to move on to the worst part of the show. And on a show that we've talked about, Enzo and Cast, that's saying a lot. It's time for the injury report. Sad but true, we got a few things to talk about. Some extremely sad. In fact, the very last story is... I don't even know if I'll be able to get through it. Um, you're going to have to read it, Pasty. Okay. But before then, first I want to say that Ring of Honor has announced that Mark Briscoe has suffered an unfortunate knee injury. No! Dem- Yes, the injury occurred during a ROH live event from this past week, and this injury forced Dem Boy, Dem Boy, not boys, to pull out of the CMLL Grand Prix Tournament. He is one of four ROH stars scheduled to participate in the competition. The 11-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion will undergo an MRI exam to determine how severe the injury is <sighs> in the coming days. Speedy recovery, man. Ring of Honor I needs so. you. God, the Briscoes, are, they're synonymous with ROH. Yes. One of the few that are still there that are synonymous with ROH. I'm sure they've put up with a lot of shit. I'm sure, you know, especially since they're chicken farmers, they got to shovel all that shit. <laughs> God, I, yeah, I hope he gets gets back up and on, on, on soon enough. Ring of Honor doesn't have much to go on these days. No, but you know that that kind of has me excited yeah. because every time Ring of Honor's been really low, they fucking pop back mm-hmm. up. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see. They've, with, they've with, always got the WWE, stars of tomorrow. Yeah, with WWE and AEW getting so big. If Ring of Honor gets this next fucking surge, this is going to be awesome. Awesome! Mm. Yes. Also, during a tag match that pitted Villain Enterprises PCO and Brody King against Lifeblood's Mark Haskins and Tracy Williams, PCO had a malfunction that caused him to deliver a suicide dive on the opposite side of where his intended targets were. (laughs) I haven't gone back and watched this, but I gotta see what the fuck happened. You know, I spent all week wondering why he was our new Facebook picture. I get it now. (laughs) He landed face first on the floor and came up dazed and bleeding profusely, much like we've seen via Goldberg, I would assume. Uh, PCO ended ended up getting a nasty cut above his eye that required 17 stitches to close up. The injury occurred less than two minutes into the match, like Goldberg, but PCO refused medical attention and continued on to the end. Like Goldberg. Hopefully had a better match than Goldberg. Uh, I gotta go back and find this to see what... (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at anybody's injuries, but what the fuck happened that you jumped out the wrong fucking side of the ring? What the fuck? And this is a veteran, you know what I mean? What the fuck happened? You probably shouldn't be laughing because there could be something seriously no. wrong like Vampiro. Oh, man. And uh, and yeah, for those of you who may have noticed or may not have noticed, uh, the Beef Sticks Facebook page has PCO while he's getting stitched up. In the looking middle like of getting he should be in the up. next Terminator movie. Yeah, there's a video of him getting stitched up, which is pretty graphic. If you're not into that, don't look at it. If you are, do it. But yeah, 
Um, that new Terminator movie seems like it's going to be good shit. I, is it like it's alternate be, timeline where she had a daughter? Is that what I'm getting from the trailer? What it is, is or, this is the third Terminator movie. There was Terminator 1, Terminator 2, Judgment uh, Day. None of the other movies ever happened, and now this is the well, third they, one. They didn't happen because the last movie reset the timeline. Well, they didn't happen because they sucked. It's the same thing as Halloween when they. But even went still, back there's no John after. Connor, and there's a younger girl now. So, did she have a daughter instead of a son, and that's what the time shift is? I don't know. This this is a new movie that this it has James like Cameron thousands back though in some kind of a way. This has um this has James Cameron in it, and this has um oh what's her name the original Sarah Connor um Sarah Connor that's her name. <laughs> okay, sure. But anyways, it has them, and, and James Cameron has said this, like, he, he wasn't involved in the other ones, and those movies didn't happen. So, if there was a time, well, I think there's a time reset at the end of every Terminator, obviously, right? I mean, that's yeah. just what yeah, Terminator when they is. Yeah, it and change, yeah. So, but those movies, even with the time reset, never happened. This ha- this takes place right after Terminator 2 Judgment Which Day. Which is good, because that was where it was actually decent. That was the last good <laughs> Terminator movie. But and, and I and like this the is looks James of Cameron's the, the trilogy would be then. T1000 or T whatever the the liquid metal T2. robot. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that'd be the My T2000. My whole body is a weapon, and then he hugs the, the cop T- and kills him. The T500, no, the T800 was term, was uh, Arnold, and then yep. the T2000 was old metalhead. I thought it was just was it a T2000, T1000, T1000 sounds Maybe it right. Was T1000. T1000 T- sounds like a double of T500. Right. And then I think the female Terminator was like a T-3000 or some stupid... Who knows? Oh, nobody needs oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the young girl in this one says she's not a Terminator. She's a human, just augmented. So they're, like, blending together. Why are we talking about Terminator <laughs> This is nobody a wrestling knows. podcast. Uh And that's you. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, um, I was doing something. So, anyways, uh, on to some some even sadder news than fucking PCL. This episode's going to be called Rob All Ropes. Off, and I'm not it's editing it hardly off. at all. <laughs> it's all off, baby. Um, on Tuesday, wrestling legend Antonio Inoki announced the passing of his wife Tezuko Tada. Our deepest condolence. Condolences. <laughs> we are all off, baby. <laughs> Our deepest condolences to the New Japan Pro Wrestling and WWE Hall of Famer and his family. It's a sad time for him. And Antonio Inoki, he is, if if there's a list of the top 50 pro wrestlers of all time anywhere, he's got to be in your top 20, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, you could argue top 10 easily, but everybody's got their own shit. And if you're talking about all time everywhere, there's millions, but... He, he's one of the, the the biggest names in pro wrestling of all time. The fact that he created New Japan Pro Wrestling, the fact that he had the most watched pro wrestling match with, um, well, no, not the most watched, but the, the match between him and Muhammad Ali in, in one of the first MMA matches of all time, and just so on and so on. So, sad to hear the passing of his wife. We're glad that Antonio's still kicking, literally. <laughs> and uh but but there was a much more devastating loss recently yeah. in a pro wrestling family. Yeah. 
<sighs> Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella have lost their little one. That's right. They're French Bulldog Josie. Oh, my God. The cute, cuddly canine was heavily featured on both Total Divas and Total Bellas and possibly even their podcast. We would like to send positive vibes to Bree and Brian as they continue to try and deal with this heartbreaking loss. And Pasty White has to point his fingers at one man, and that man is John Cena. And God, I hate that I know this, but John Cena hated that dog. <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. I may have seen some Total Bellas, yeah. <laughs> yep. Why, why does he hate the dog? It was annoying, and it pooped. And then he went. Well, all dogs he tried poop. To, Every living thing poops, even plants. He tried they to just kick poop it and it tried way. to bite him. And then he's like, "Get the dog out of my house." That was that was the whole shit that that Miz and Maurice made that fun of him Miz for thing. in WWE yeah. when he was doing his whole like, "This is my house. You're staying in my house. You got to follow my rules. We eat in suits okay. at this time, and then smoke cigars while the women go and wax their pubic hair." They got to wax. <laughs> They got Alexa. Yeah, no, I watched some of it, and and I hate that I know that John Cena killed their dog. He's an asshole. Yep. Maybe if they could have seen him, they could have prevented mm. it. Hey, and if you're not able to watch AEW All Out this weekend, be sure to tune in to NXT Takeover UK, which will be featuring an appearance from the Swiss Superman Cesaro. Which leads me to believe that Cesaro's going back to NXT and they're merging the two together to make one super show. So is this a pay-per-view or is this just a, a, a special it's, event? No, it's, it's NXT you know TakeOver UK. So it's... it's oh, it is yes. a TakeOver? Okay, it's... Yeah, it's a Cardiff. Mm-hmm. NXT TakeOver UK Cardiff. Yes. So whatever. I mean, I'm really I'll, happy I'll for them. It, I just, I just can't watch every watch single pro wrestling event in the world. <laughs> that's that's yeah, what I, I said. can't watch every single pro wrestling event in the world, and I got to draw the line somewhere. And I draw the line across the uh, Atlantic Ocean. Well, I, draw, I, I like I said, I, I seriously believe that with uh, NXT going to USA and making it two hours, I think they're going to merge NXT UK and NXT together. Pete Dunn's been on NXT. Sh- uh, Rhea Ripley's been on NXT. They're they're trying to get the the main titles over there. I I think it just makes sense. And then you bring Cesaro I mean, to they're UK. They're definitely gonna have to bring in some of the UK guys to make appearances, if nothing yeah, else, for sure. Yeah. Who knows? But folks, that's that's the show. We're really excited for All Out. Whether you're uh, gonna watch it tonight or you've already watched it and you're interested in what we said. Uh, we'd like to know what you thought of the show, but uh, before we go, I do just want to say Arnold Schwarzenegger was the T-800, and the liquid metal was the T-1000. All right. <laughs> I feel really bad that we have to confirm that. Like, 12-year-old me is really mad right now. It's the same here, but you know how long it's been since I've watched it? I'll watch the next one. I don't expect it to be good, but I'll watch it. I'm going to watch it also. Well, from us to you and your families, we hope if you're listening to this over the holiday weekend, you're enjoying the last weekend of the summer. And if you're listening to it after the fact, we hope your weekend was a solid one. Now let's all go back to work and school. And we'll see you next week. Only on Beef Sticks Podcast.